The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. The drop in NASDAQ futures comes after a couple key tech earnings reports after the bell. A huge run-up in a trio of stocks on optimism over artificial intelligence is turning into investor disappointment this morning. Let's start with Google Parent Alphabet. Those shares are down more than 5.5% in early trading. Softness in the company's core search advertising business is a focus. And we get more on that from Bloomberg Technology host Ed Ludlow in San Francisco. One thesis or idea is that maybe the, the street's concern about weakness in the search business is they don't yet see tangible evidence that all of the R&D and work in generative AI and all of the product release is actually doing anything supportive to Google's core business. Compare and contrast that with Microsoft, where you see the contribution of AI across its kind of legacy and newer offerings and, and software suites. Ed Ludlow for Bloomberg News in San Francisco. All right, Ed, thanks. But we're also seeing weakness in shares of Microsoft this morning. That stock is down about 1.6%, despite easily beating profit and revenue forecasts. And we get the latest from Bloomberg's John Tucker. John. And Karen, Microsoft posted its strongest revenue growth since 2022, $62 billion. The profit easily beat estimates, coming in at $2.93 a share. Artificial intelligence products are driving spending on cloud computing. Microsoft's Azure Cloud Services say Sales gained 30%. But as one analyst puts it, the company delivered a healthy set of results, but not a strong enough dose to appease the market. Well, optimism for Microsoft's AI prospects last week sent its market cap above $3 trillion. John Tucker, Bloomberg Radio. All right, John, thanks. We're also seeing shares of chipmaker Advanced Micro Devices fall nearly 7%. AMD's stock had been one of the favorite picks of investors looking for ways to bet on AI computing. But the second biggest maker of computer processors gave a weak revenue forecast for the current period. Well, Nathan, while investors digest earnings, they'll have another huge event on the calendar this afternoon, the Fed decision, and more importantly, Jay Powell's news conference. We get more from Bloomberg's Michael McKee. Will the Fed offer any surprises today? Certainly not on interest rates. Fed funds stay in the five and a quarter to five and a half percent range. And it is likely they will change their tightening bias to something more neutral, dropping language about additional policy firming. That will put the burden of making news on Chairman Jay Powell. The biggest news he could make would be guidance on rate cut timing, which is very unlikely. Finally, with tongue-in-cheek, we ask, will Powell say the words soft landing? Michael McKee, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Mike, thanks. And catch our special edition of Bloomberg Surveillance. The Fed decides starting at 1.30 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio and Television. Let's turn to politics. Now, this just crossed the Bloomberg terminal, Karen. A brand new Bloomberg News morning consult poll. It finds President Biden continues to trail former President Donald Trump in seven swing states. Six in ten voters in those states say the president bears responsibility for a surge in migrants at the U.S.-Mexico border. Bloomberg's Amy Morris has the numbers. 
The monthly survey serves as a warning for Biden, who lags Trump 42 to 48 percent across all seven swing states in a head-to-head matchup. But when a third-party candidate is added, Trump's lead grows by another nine percentage points. And voters' main concern is the economy by far, but now more respondents also call immigration their most important issue. The gap between those two issues is narrowing, which suggests the Republican efforts to put immigration at the center of the campaign are working. And the trust gap is growing. By a 22-point margin, swing state voters say they trust Trump over Biden to handle immigration. In Washington, Amy Morris, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Amy, thank you. Well, from the White House to Congress, the House Homeland Security Committee has voted along party lines to move toward impeaching Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas over problems at the border. Republican Marjorie Taylor Greene has been pushing this since last year. The facts and the data and the statistics do not lie. Secretary Mayorkas is willfully breaking federal immigration laws. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene spoke from the House floor, and Democrats say Republicans are not providing the resources to enforce the law. All right, let's turn back to the markets and company news, Karen. Walmart has announced a three-for-one stock split, and we get the story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. The company says a lower price will help more of its employees buy shares. CEO Doug McMillan said, quote, Sam Walton believed it was important to keep our share price in a range where purchasing whole shares rather than fractions was accessible to all of our associates. The world's largest retailer has an existing stock purchase program for employees through which they buy stock directly and the company matches 15% of the purchase up to $1,800 a year. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Charlie, thanks. Well, Elon Musk's $55 billion Tesla pay package has been struck down by a Delaware judge following a shareholder challenge. If the decision survives appeal, it could threaten the entrepreneur's fortune and throw the fate of his companies into question. Musk's 2018 award was the largest compensation package in history. Tesla's board will now need to agree on new payment terms for their CEO. And Karen, another wealthy executives in the news. Bloomberg News has learned media mogul Byron Allen's made a $14.3 billion offer for all outstanding shares of Paramount Global. Paramount is one of the crown jewels in a global media empire controlled by the Redstone family. Shares of Paramount are up nearly 21% in early trading. And Bloomberg News has learned Carlyle Group co-founder David Rubenstein and a consortium of investors have agreed to buy the Baltimore Orioles baseball team from the Angelos family for $1.73 billion. Time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. And for that, we're joined by Bloomberg's Amy Morris. Amy, good morning. Good morning, Karen. Some are calling Israel's secret counterterrorism operation at a hospital in the West Bank a potential war crime. Members of the Israeli Special Forces disguised themselves as hospital staff to sneak into a hospital room and then shoot three Palestinian fighters who Israel says were planning more attacks. Tufts University professor of international law Tom Dannenbaum says these kinds of tactics are generally out of bounds. Even if they were clear targets clearly misusing the hospital, it would still be a war crime to present as a civilian or a medic to get proximate to them. The Palestinian foreign ministry posted on social media calling the killings heinous and a crime against humanity. Tunnels under Gaza are about to be flooded with water by the Israeli military to keep the Palestinian militant group Hamas from using the estimated 350 miles of tunnels that they built. The plan has drawn criticism over potential dangers to nearly 130 hostages still being held and over damage to drinking water and sewage systems.
President Biden says he has decided how to respond to the killing of three U.S. service members in a drone attack in Jordan this week. But he also says he doesn't want to expand the war in the Middle East. Deputy Pentagon Press Secretary Sabrina Singh. We don't want to see escalation in the region. We don't seek a wider regional war. And that's exactly what the president said. However, we're not going to sit back and let these attacks go unanswered. We are going to respond. That's not escalation. That's proportionate. We believe we have the right to respond. Iran has now signals it's prepared to hit back against any U.S. strike on its soil or assets abroad. The largest social media companies are going to face some questions today about protecting children online. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter with that story. The heads of Meta, Snapchat, Discord, X, and TikTok in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee. The name of the hearing is Big Tech and the Online Child Sexual Exploitation Crisis. But Senator Richard Blumenthal says it will get into other areas as well. We're really interfering with a cash cow that they are very reluctant to modify. And says it will be uncomfortable. They need to be put on the spot. And Blumenthal says a change of the company's priorities. Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Radio. More news coming up. Global news 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm Amy Morris and this is Bloomberg. Karen. Great, Amy. Thank you. We do bring you news throughout the day right here on Bloomberg Radio. But now you can get the latest news on demand, and that means whenever you want it. Just subscribe to Bloomberg News Now, and you can get the latest headlines right at the click of a button. You can get informed right on your schedule. You can listen and subscribe to Bloomberg News Now on the Bloomberg Business app, Bloomberg.com, plus Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashauer. John. Karen, a couple of the big upsets in college basketball. The biggest one was in Atlanta. Georgia Tech came in 2-7 and seven in ACC play. North Carolina was 9-0, and oh, but Nathan George, a freshman for the Yellow Jackets, scored with seven seconds left. And Georgia Tech stormed the court after upsetting North Carolina 74-73. The Tar Heels are ranked third. Tennessee is ranked fifth, lost at home to South Carolina, 63-59. Fifth straight win for Marquette atop the Big East, winning at Villanova, 85-80. Michigan State beat Michigan, 81-62. For longtime Spartans coach Tom Izzo, that's career win number 700. He gets it on his 69th birthday. Southeast go to 22-2 at home. Got 30 points from Jason Tatum. Beat Indiana 129-124. The Warriors topped the Sixers 119-107. As Steph Curry went for 37, made eight three-pointers. Joel Embiid, who had missed a couple of games, returned for the Sixers, but then had to leave with a knee injury. He's headed for an MRI. Ben Johnson, the hot assistant in the NFL, spoke with both Seattle and Washington. He was considered the favorite to get the commander's job, but then he removed himself from consideration. He's only 37, feels he'll get a job at some point, and he's decided to stay in Detroit, where he's the offensive coordinator. Arthur Smith fired as the coach in Atlanta after three years, now taking over the offense in Pittsburgh. He used to coach the offense in Tennessee. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. 
From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. The kickoff of big tech earnings is looking like a bit of a tis- disappointment so far for investors. Both Microsoft and Google Parent Alphabet delivered quarterly results that beat Wall Street expectations as a whole, but expectations around artificial intelligence might not have hit the bar for both these tech giants. Let's bring in Alex Webb for more on the tech story. Alex covers all things tech for us at Bloomberg. Alex, thanks for being here. Is that the story? Was AI priced to perfection for these companies? Yes, expectations are exceptionally high. Microsoft's trading at 36 times its forward earnings. Uh, That means that in order to meet expectations, you really have to beat them and beat them by a generous margin. The the irony is that AI did provide a six percentage point tailwind to Microsoft. Don't forget, AI right now is very much a cloud product. It's about getting companies to build their AI functionality um, on Microsoft Azure, in the case of Microsoft. But some investors were saying, actually, that six percentage point growth concealed other or offset other weakness in that cloud business and was one reason they weren't too happy about it. And you saw a bit of a a sell off in the shares. There's also a little bit of profit taking in these moments when you don't see blockbuster numbers coming out. Um, Google enjoyed again some boost from AI with its cloud business. Its cloud business just posted its first full fiscal year of, of, of profits. Um, but actually, for them, it's really about the ads, where the ads business was a little bit weaker than anticipated. That still generates the lion's share of its revenue and, of course, is providing the cash flow to expand into things like AI and, of course, the cloud. So then I guess that would raise the question about whether uh, Google's parent company, Alphabet, will have the resources to kind of play catch up with Microsoft and some of the other players in the AI space. Is that the concern here? Well, it's, yeah, I mean, it's just more that there's less less money to go around, really. The, you know, Google is actually in a pretty good place when it comes to AI. If you think about it, not just in terms of Microsoft, but in terms of Amazon, right? Amazon's really the the leading player in the cloud. Um, if anything, people are a little bit investors are a little bit worried about what Amazon has to offer in the space, and it might be one reason why Google is gaining a little bit of ground. Um, but it still has, you know, very deep pockets with cash flow of sixty-nine billion dollars um, in in the in the most recent fiscal year. Of course, investors are always going to be concerned about how much of that cash flow is going to be reinvested. It looks like there's going to be still quite a lot because fundamentally, the big spending, corporate spending on AI, isn't coming through yet. They've done a lot of the preparation. The likes of Google, Microsoft, and Amazon, they've invest, they're invested in and. They have invested in and are investing in data centers with the sort of chipsets from NVIDIA that will help fuel this technology. But the big spending from Fortune 500 companies hasn't really started with Gusto yet. Now, we've talked about the, the softness in the core ad business for Google. There's softness in Microsoft's stock this morning, despite the company delivering its best revenue growth uh, since 2022. Uh, what's the issue for Microsoft investors? I mean, you do often, if you see it a lot with Apple as well, that when they have a quarter that's, you know, fine and maybe slightly beats expectations even, you then see a sell off in the shares because, you know, they've been on such a tear recently and they've been, you know, tipped it into that, that crown or now has that crown of being the world's most valuable company. So, um, the any sign of a little bit of weakness, which is kind of really all you're seeing with Microsoft, a little bit of weakness. Um, is a reason to do that. 
not the sort and they and they've also maybe held back a little bit on the bullishness for the forecast for this year when it comes to the growth of AI. That's you know, from an investor relations perspective, probably quite canny, given how high investors, how high expectations already are. If you can temper that a little bit, it gives you more more room to play with heading into the next fiscal year. Well, we've got John, Alex. I got to get your reaction to this judgment from the Delaware Chancery Court uh, voiding Elon Musk's fifty-five billion dollar compensation package. What's your take on it? It's interesting because you know a lot of the critics of Elon Musk will say, "Well, this is the you know, this is the Del- Delaware regulators essentially, or the Delaware system doing its job properly and protecting investors." The upshot might actually be that investors end up with a little bit less protection if he decides to, um, you know, move the incorporation to to somewhere like Texas or or Nevada, where the protections for shareholders are perceived as not being quite as stringent. Uh, that's what he's already done with Twitter or X, if you prefer. So uh, it looks as though he won't get access to all that all that money. I think it's mostly in the form of equity. Um, that doesn't necessarily have big meaningful implications for the operations of Tesla. Maybe a little bit around the edges for X, given the capital requirements at that company and for some of the other portfolio companies. But ultimately, it's really about Musk himself. Lots to talk about in the tech space, certainly this morning. Uh, thanks for the roundup as we uh, kick off big tech earnings and a look ahead uh, toward the end of the week f- uh, to uh, Apple, Amazon, and Meta platforms. I'm sure we'll be checking back in with you as well, Alex. Thanks again for being here. Alex Webb uh, covering tech for us for Bloomberg News. Now let's pivot to politics because we did get a brand new Bloomberg News morning consult poll of the uh, seven key swing states that could be pivotal to uh, deciding this election. And it raises some uh, interesting new issues for uh, some of those voters. Let's bring in Bloomberg News national political reporter Gregory Cordy to break down what we've learned from this latest iteration of the uh, Bloomberg News Morning Consult swing state poll. What did we find, Gregory? Yeah, well, as we've talked about, this is a race that really we haven't had much movement uh, in terms of the candidates, in terms of the issue environment, except that this month we are starting to see a, a shift in what voters are concerned about. It's a small shift, but it's it's perceptible. And it's away from the economy and towards uh, immigration as an issue. Now, the economy is still far and away the number one issue among voters. But as some of these economic indicators that we're looking at, and especially inflation, uh, starts to ease a little bit, that creates some room for voters to worry about some other things. And by and large, what they're worried about is the crisis at the U.S.-Mexico border. And of course, that's an issue that former President Donald Trump uh, does well in with voters. By a 22-point margin, voters say they trust Trump over Biden about that uh, on that issue. And by about a two to one margin, they say they blame Biden for for what's going on there. So uh, this is not this is a shift in the issue environment, but not one that necessarily benefits President Biden. And so overall, what we're seeing is the race remains uh, with a about a six point lead by Donald Trump across the seven swing states uh, that we're polling in. So does that mean that the former president is widening his lead against the current president based on this issue that's emerging as more of a concern for voters, immigration? 
Month to month, we're seeing about a one point increase in Trump's lead, but we should say that that's within the margin of error. So it's not necessarily a, a perceptible lead. But when we see this lead month over month uh, happening, and this is also consistent with other public polling out there, I think we can pretty much say confidently that uh, President Trump is leading in this race, both nationally and in these uh, swing states that are most likely to decide the election. What does this poll say about what voters perceive as driving the problems at the border? Yeah, it's interesting because voters have a pretty sophisticated view of this, actually. Uh, they, they, While about 60 percent of them blame Joe Biden for him, they also uh, understand that there's a lot of other geopolitical factors uh, at play here. And so corruption in other countries and and uh, an economic environment in Central and Latin America, uh, war, famine, they understand that all those are driving this mass migration of people northward uh, through the gap, through Mexico, into our border. Uh, but when they look at the domestic political situation, Biden and Democrats get most of the blame. Now, uh, this is coming, of course, at a time when the Senate is negotiating a border security bill. President Biden is uh, trying to move that forward. And House Republicans are now moving to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas over problems at the border. How could that potentially shape uh, voter perceptions of this issue? Yeah, President Biden is very much trying to shift the conversation on this by putting forward a proposal to say, hey, look, give me the emergency authority. Give me the spending uh, and I will close the border and we will we will address this this crisis. Now, we should say that this poll was in the field before some of these latest back and forth machinations uh, and negotiations. And so we're we just started to see that in this poll while it was in the field where especially Democrats were giving Biden credit for, for making those overtures. Uh, obviously, Republicans aren't quite ready to give him credit for that yet. But as this issue goes on and and uh, Biden or yeah, Biden uh, continues to try to flip the script on on Republicans, uh, because, look, it, it's now former President Trump who's trying to quash any deal on the border. He says it's uh, a, a no deal on the border is better than a bad deal. And it's put Democrats in the position of trying to go on the offensive on the issue. In our last 30 seconds here, Gregory, I know this poll also asked about former President Donald Trump's legal issues as well. What did we find there? Yeah, 53 percent of swing state voters said they would not vote for Trump if he is convicted in one of these four criminal cases he's been indicted in. Now, of course, many of them wouldn't have voted for him in the first place, but that is a majority. And what that means is even some Republicans say that they would no longer support him if he's convicted. And of course, if he's sent into prison, even fewer would continue to support him. So that's the area of vulnerability for uh, President Trump as he goes and, and tries to navigate all of these criminal cases that he's facing this year. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130.
Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.